This is HPR episode 1669 entitled New Retro Computing. It is hosted by Nibble and is about 18 minutes long. The summary is, Nibble talks about building a Micromite companion. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is NY Bill, and today I thought I'd talk to you guys about a kit I recently built. What the heck is it? Over here. It's an electronics kit, and it is called the Micromite Companion. And what it is, is it's a little bit bigger than an RPI. It runs a propeller chip and a pick chip, and what it is, is a basic computer. <laughs> yes, basic. You know, 10 print hacker public radio, 20 go to 10. That that kind of basic. I heard about this kit on the RetroBits podcast. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, it's a podcast about retro computing and the good old days. And Some episodes I really enjoy are they will interview like some of the forefathers and the people that created everything back in the day. But one that comes to mind that I really enjoyed was with uh, Chuck Peddle who was a engineer for Commodore, so that was fun to hear him talk about his days. The recent show, show 147, they, he interviewed uh, Jeff Ledger, who created this Micromite, and by the end of the episode, I was <laughs> they had me convinced I need to get one of these and fool about with it. It doesn't come out very often. I guess he does one when he can, or when he has some content, but I leave it in Beyond Pod, and every once in a while, I'm surprised that there's a new RetroBits to listen to, so it's just fun to hear about the old days. I started with a VIC-20 that I got for Christmas, and uh, maybe a year or so later, I got a Commodore 64, and that was back in the good old days of get on your BMX bike, throw your disk drive in your backpack, in your backpack drive over to friends' houses, and you know, well, I guess that was like uh, the sneaker net, I guess. <laughs> I guess it was wares, but uh, yeah, yeah, copy some discs. I still have a Commodore 64 and all the goodies down in the basement. I don't know why. I just kept it all these years, and all those discs are still down there with, you know, you, you, you take some scissors and cut a notch in your five and a quarter uh, floppies, and then you can use the B-side, That the good old days. Anyways, I heard about this on RetroBits. Check it out if you're into it. I'll put a link in the show notes. So after listening to that RetroBits episode, I uh, ordered one of these boards just just for fun, something to do, see what I can do with it. It'll. It was fun getting the uh, soldering pen out again. I told some of the guys in the lug that uh, 
Oh, I showed it to them. Some of them said, neat, oh, cool. And some of them said, what the heck are you going to do with basic? And they were basically laughing at me. But the fun of this is putting it together for me. Uh, I'll see what I can do with it after. Could be some fun things. I heard that it even does a Commodore 64 emulation mode. So that would be neat to see if I could somehow get the 1541 drive hooked into it and then load programs off those old floppies. So, uh, building this thing. It's just a bare board and a bag full of parts. This would be a good kit for anybody that's somewhat new to soldering because it's all through-hole stuff. There's no uh, really tiny surface mount stuff. All the uh, resistors and capacitors are through-hole. They look... What is this? I guess they're quarter watt. They're fairly small, but I mean, it's all, you can just all do it by hand. You don't need, well, actually, I did get a magnifying glass out a few times. Maybe I'm getting old, but just, you know, you got to read the stripes on the side of the resistors, and there are some really tiny capacitors. One of them, you do have to get a magnifying glass out to see which side is plus. Okay, putting this thing together. I'll put in the show notes well i'll put a show in the show notes a link to the board where where you can get it if you you care to get one uh and then there are instructions on how to put it together it's easy to follow along uh don't do what i did one of the first instructions says don't put in the 28 pin dip socket until instructed to do so there are three dip sockets. There's a small one that's an 8-pin, there's a 28-pin, and there's a 40-pin. I don't know why. I did read the warning, but when I went over, I didn't count the pins, and for some reason, I grabbed the 8-pin eight, eight socket and the 28-pin socket, the one I was not supposed to put in, and I'll tell you why you shouldn't put it in yet, because I did, and I ran into the problem. So it kind of goes step-by-step step from the top of the board. You got... Uh, power in 7.5 volts I had a it doesn't come with a power brick but I had in the basement one of those wall wart power bricks where it has a little selector switch on the bottom what, what does that do you can get these things at uh, electronic stores this one does from 3 volts 4.5 volts 6 volts 7.5 volts and 9 volts so that was perfect for the 7.5 I don't know why they're specifying 7.5 because you put in two voltage regulators while you're building it, and you put in a 5-volt regulator and a 3.3-volt regulator. So I don't know why they needed the extra power. It's possible this can run off 5 volts. I haven't tried it. So soldering away and following the steps, you put in a whole series of resistors. There's a... That's interesting. Oh, that is strange. I, I kept hitting the microphone cable, and... It was putting all kinds of static up. I'll chop all this out, but I don't know if it's getting interference from something around the bench here, or... That was strange. Anyways, let me go back to what I was saying. Uh, once again, you got power in on the left top of the board. Uh, PS2 keyboard, which I, I only have one left in the house. But I did dig that out of the basement, so I was okay there. It's got audio out, which I haven't tried yet. But I, I suppose I could throw some headphones in there and then uh, VGA out. So while you're soldering up, underneath the VGA is a whole series of resistors. You've got a crystal under that. There underneath that is the 40-pin 
dip socket, which should go in in the beginning. So if you build this kit, put the small one in, put the big one in, and hold the medium one for last. Then they have you put in the voltage regulators. You're, you're kind of working your way down the board. Then you get to the lower left-hand corner where you have to put on the SD card reader. This is why you didn't want to put the 28-pin socket in because the SD card reader is the only surface mount component on the board. You can still do it with a normal tip soldering pen, I'm sure, but the problem is if you put that 28-pin dip socket in, you can't really reach in to the surface mount pins on the back of the SD card and what I had to do was get out my skinny tip and go down in between the SD card and the 28-pin dip socket and it kind of made for some messy soldering down there and it kind of melted the side of the 28-pin dip socket. So uh, you, you're, you'll be warned by the instructions and you were just warned by me, don't put in this 28-pin socket until you're told to. After putting in the SD card, you're ready for uh, your first boot up. So you get a 2 gig or under SD card, which that was another thing I had trouble finding. I, the smallest ones I really have are 4 gigs here, and I got 8 gigs, and, you know, who remembers <laughs> two, 2 gig and under cards? But I asked my wife what was in her small camera, and it was an old 2 gig card, so I gave her one of my 4 gigs, and I took that 2 gig. You plug that in, plug in a monitor, a keyboard, boot it up, and you see kind of like a basic image. Uh, I think I took a picture. I'll, I'll put some pictures in the show notes and things. That just tells you it's ready to accept that uh, PIC chip, which will do all the computing. The rest of it is just kind of input and output. After you see that that's good, they just have you put on a few more components in the bottom. You, put, you do put in that 28-pin dip socket. You put the PIC chip in there. And then along the bottom right is a breadboard and three 16 socket pinouts. So you can get into some uh, microcontrolling things with this. I haven't gotten too far into what I can do with this. I, I just, I'm talking, I just finished actually soldering this, so maybe I can follow this up if I do anything interesting software-wise with it or build anything with this, uh, this pinout and microcontrolling micro capability. There also seems to be a lot of, well, not a lot, one, two, three, four, five, six, six spaces on the circuit board that are not populated. Now, I'm not sure. Okay, they're marked. One says terminal. JB8. I don't know if they are like uh, some type of JTAG interface. I did see mentioned, oh, IR. Here's So looks like you can get some extra parts and stick in. Here's an infrared port. Uh, I think this one, there's a J4. That, J4 and J8, they are probably joysticks. Because they're eight-pin eight, eight pin headers that aren't populated. So looks like with some other, you know, parts you can just get off the shelf, you can do more with this thing. Oh, and there's... They did mention Wii, and there is a Wiimote connection. I don't have a Wii or a Wiimote, but... Yeah, somehow you can use that to control this thing. So after it was soldered it up, I plugged it all in, and boom, it came up, a basic prompt... It is very retro. <laughs> the instructions point you to a Dropbox folder where you can download like uh, binary bin files. And I have to stop going because I have to. I realized 
doing HPR is that when I start talking a lot, I, I click. I don't know why. Uh, I just did it again. <laughs> yeah, so Dropbox, they'll send you to a folder where you can pull down uh, binary files. They, they have some things you can run. I saw a Zork 1 in there. Anybody remember uh, Text Adventures? Zork 1 was in there. I saw Frogger. I don't know how I would play Frogger unless I'd have to get these joy ports working. The other thing I might do with it is in one of my old, in my old HTPC case, which I don't really use anymore, but I ran Mythbox for quite a long time, it has a 7-inch VGA screen in it. It's touchscreen. I won't be able to use the touch with this, but I could use that little screen and uh, come out of this VGA port and build a very small like little enclosure for this and have a little tiny basic computer. That might be... Might have to get into a little woodworking with that. That would be interesting. I'll click, encase this in some nice curly maple or something. A little rosewood. Fancy retro computing. So there you have it. It's just a. I'm just jumping in quick to tell you guys about this kit. If anybody's interested in building one, there's links in the show notes. If you're listening to this and you haven't done an HPR this year, do one because I hear the queue is like low or down to nothing. All right, here's a new rule. Do one HPR a year. If we do hit zero shows, you got to do two HPRs a year. Sorry. New rule. Okay, guys, maybe I'll come back in and talk about this Micromite Companion a little more uh, from a software perspective. But until then, I'll talk to you guys later. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.